It's always better. It always gets better. It's a great crowd here. And the film seems to be better. Jesus Christ. Don't use that. He's got a girl. <laughs> okay. Chained up. And you won't be happy. Sorry to disappoint you. These are diehard fans. They sleep outside all night to get their tickets. We came from Los Angeles and we've been having a great time. You've never been with a woman. Not in person. Yep. You're probably fucked. They just appreciate things so much more. They're so vocal. It's just nice to see all these films that don't always get the good releases. Right, Fest, there's really no other audience like it. Hi, and welcome to Draw One Last Breath. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. And welcome to our seventh episode. This is a very special episode. A very um, special episode. A very special event indeed has just happened and that we've just been to called Fright Fest 2018. Fuck so, yeah. Yeah, we got to go to Fright Fest. So on this episode, <clears throat> basically we're going to not review a film this week. Obviously, because we've been to Fright Fest, we're going to... Uh, shoot the shit about that and yeah, we're going to review several movies several yeah without spoilers i may add um, we're going to try and stay clear with, with spoilers we'll, we'll hopefully um not do any spoilers <laughs> yeah because we want to encourage everyone to actually go and watch these yeah, movies for definite for definite and um obviously we're going to stay with our standard uh, kind of format this week so instead of the movie we're going to do fright fest uh um move from the vault is of course house which we will review and and also, we also have our something to scream about, which is uh, our favourite B movies, which is quite exciting. I'm so, excited. Yeah, well, I think more <laughs> looking into it, I'm quite excited now. So, um, should we get into Fright Fest? Let's kick it off then. Let's, so, let's do it. Let's, what is Fright Fest, Matthew? Well, um, Fright Fest has been going for some, some men, many years now, um, and it's basically now it is a five day festival. Of literally films so five days of films non-stop um pretty much until the wee hours of the morning and it's loads of horror movies that are showcased um some have been bought up by companies that are going to get distributed some aren't so it's kind of a format to for directors and filmmakers to kind of show their kind of films it's a bit like a like can and and the kind of tribeca festival where you know, people show their films and people come and watch them. Is but I think Fright Fest is a bit more for like the fans and kind of the industry, which is a good thing. I agree. It's a good. It's a really good mix. I mean, we get to see like world premieres where they're trying to like pick up like distribution, um, for the movie in the UK. The yep. European premieres again. They're they're trying to pick up, um, the distribution. They get the directors out and the actors out. The actors and directors t- um tend to treat it like a little bit of um. A proper premiere event they come sure. dressed to the nines so we're all dressed in our like jeans and horror tees and they're all like <laughs> smart you get these uh actors around that are stand really, out like, like a sword yeah <laughs> they really do stand out they're like really dressed up and I've, um and that's that's quite amusing they have and it's sponsored by film four and um the horror yeah, channel I think this one was arrow yeah big arrow, arrow sponsored event and um they have like a little like interview section as well and they do like a, their little ch- like channel and stuff like that where they t- get to you know really really promote mm. their movie so basically it's really it's fun a, it's, it's really a, bloody yeah, fun yeah, it's good fun um and don't think if you think out there that it's not like a people's festival because i think it is a very much a fan based festival as well and also it's in london it's in leicester square we didn't talk about that i don't know if you knew if people out there knew that and also it's in uh cineworld cinema which is pretty nice it's been a, re, a refurbed one 
um, because previously in previous years been Fright Fest has been different places, so this could get refurbed. Um, it's a really nice setup in there as well. The screen's huge in that yeah. one, and and round the corner, they've got a um, really intimate setting. Um, hopefully, some of you guys have checked out the Prince Charles Cinema yeah. in Leicester Square. It is a beautiful little cinema, and they get to um, showcase a lot of different movies in there. Mm. They've got old ones on as well, don't they? Yeah, they've got all the documentaries and all that sort of stuff mm. in there as well. Um, and they do put like this year they showed um, Halloween as well. And Big Trouble in Little China. Um, it was like a couple of weeks back as well, wasn't it? And every month they play the room. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a really, you're right. It's really nice in there. It's proper old school. I'm so glad that it's there and still going. And it seems to have a lot of kind of a cult following. Who's it? Stuff like that. Who's it run by? What the the event itself? Oh, the event. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's run by um, four different guys. Which massive shout out to them because without them there'd be no fright fest. Um, Paul McAvoy, Ian Rattray, Alan Jones, and Greg Day are yeah. the guys that that I think set it all up. And you can see them running around the whole weekend, just like oh, darting into different asses, screens. Though. They talk to the directors, they they hype the movies, and um, they just really get enthusiastic and all behind it. And they're you know they're often seen for beer in the hand as well, which is quite yeah. funny. Yeah, I love that. So... But they're, they're, they must put in so much work throughout the year to try and make this happen to organize because you think about this event how, how many roughly how many films are, you're talking hundreds of films were like a hundred and 140 or something, something like, like that, that. But across like the whole five days um to organize it and make sure it goes right and timing's right and people are where they're supposed to be between you know them and the volunteers massive hats off to them yeah was, well done well done chaps it was yeah, bloody good this absolutely year absolutely massive massive thanks to you guys yeah we always get day tickets um like um last year we went for the um for like two days this year we've done two days again and they've increased the amount of movies as well that you would get the opportunity to see so this mm. year there was six a day yeah there used to be five didn't which, there? Uh, which is to me i don't know if that was too much but um it's hard it's hard going just to watch six movies in a day mm. So we dipped out of a, a couple, I think, just to give ourselves a little break. Yeah, we kind of pick and pick and chose what mm. we wanted because, I mean, like you say, it's a bit hardcore. I mean, to to sit there and do it if you can, but sometimes I think you need a break and just to kind of like gather your thoughts and have a chat and get some food and have a little bit of a break. But not saying that there is breaks between each film. You get about cool. half an hour, forty five yeah. minutes to like walk around and stuff like that. So, but yeah. Um, what about as we went in this year? Because obviously we noticed there was no banner outside and I was a bit gutted about that. But then we walked into the foyer and they had these amazing light up stairs. Um, They've modernised that, that cinema yeah, as well. Like it's it, like a TV stairs. Uh, you, you have to go and check out our um, Twitter page because we've taken pictures and put it on there and instagram as well mm. and yeah they, they it did look really incredible i think at one stage there was like blood like coming down yeah, the stairs, dripping as down well. stairs and it's so really cool. cleverly done like um and, cool. and, they, and they have a little they have a few merch stalls yeah like a few like they sell a few horror dvds sell their merch fright fest merch arrow. and arrow is a big presence there and selling their their wares every day and yeah. like, bought a couple a couple of uh cheeky blue rays mm, sure and we also put down some of our new business cards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trying to get a little, bit, a few more listeners, you know, a few more like-minded people to come and listen to this uh, lovely podcast. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so, should we um, 
dive straight in. Yeah, let's talk about some movies then. Okay, so, so I'll um you I'll, kick it off. I'll kick it off then. And the first movie we saw on the Friday was a film called The Cleaning Lady. We were joined by the um, producer writer Alexis Kendra. Um, the film itself is about a young woman played by Alexis Kendra. Yeah, she she wrote it, directed it, and started it. Yeah. Did she uh, write the theme tune as well? Yeah, she wrote the theme tune. <laughs> so it's so about a young woman who befriends a cleaning lady with scars on her face and mind. Hmm. Yes. It's um, an interesting one, isn't it, this one? Yeah, we're sort of bought to, we brought these two unlikely sort of people together and it's a story of sort of um, relationships, I suppose. Sure. And it was the first movie of the day. And w- I think, what what did you what did you think about it? Um. Yeah, I mean... It kept me entertained quite a lot all the way through. Um, obviously, we're not going to go into spoilers because we touched on earlier that we want to talk about the movie and we want people to go and probably see these films when they get um, kind of come out and stuff. And you know, whether it's VOD or going buying it or renting it or whatever. But I, I mean, I was I was entertained. Um, that's for sure. Um, it's an interesting storyline. It's a different take. Is I think it's about befriending people kind of reaching out in desperate times I, I just, i've sort of put it in the slasher genre i don't know about you yeah yeah, yeah I agree um the uh, slasher type slasher slash thriller slasher sto- yeah slasher stroke thriller yeah and um but yeah the storylines uh like quite fluid and uh, some of the makeup and the kills in it that you mm. that you get to see are really fucking fucked up and gross they're mm. like proper like standout moments in does terms push of the that. boundaries slightly yeah definitely i mean yeah we won't like tell you tell you yeah uh, what to look forward to but you if you watch this movie you're in for a treat in terms of like how how the how the kills go about and there's some lovely little twists in it as well to look yeah. out for which is really worth it sure sure and the acting was okay I for a really low budget movie good. yeah yeah so. um the girl i can't remember her name that plays the burn victim um oh Shelley that was it yeah Shelley I thought she was quite good quite like I don't know something about her that she was so quiet but then you know you knew she was keeping kind of something away from things and it's like again no spoilers but I thought she was quite a good actress I thought the lead actress uh like touched on Alexis Kendra is that her name yeah yeah she she I thought she was quite good there, there aren't a great deal of cast in it actually the two of them mm-hmm. there's She's... a couple of like side parts isn't there that yeah interact with them. but all in all i i think i was i was entertained to a certain extent um we usually get let down by some of the first movies that we see at, at fright fest and this one was um something like bums on seats it was a, a, a sort of i think it's non- a gamble would you say yeah, that? it was a gamble, a gamble going to the first one it. i think yeah um but this one was like probably one of the better first movies that we've seen mm. um I'd definitely go and like give this one an, a shout. I don't think it's sure. got a distribution yet, but um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely worth a shot. I definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, definitely would uh, watch this film again. So maybe sometime and recommend to people to watch it. Uh, by all means, it wasn't bad. Um, kept, like I said, it kept us entertained, and uh, yeah, not a bad opener. Mm. Not a bad opener at all. So what do we go and see next, then, Matt? Um, next, I think we saw Braid, didn't we? Braid. Yeah, yeah, Braid. So this was quite a good movie, I thought. It's uh, directed by um, Mitzi Peroni, which we got a kind of little video footage from her to say, welcome to my film. I hope you 
like it um and i find that quite interesting that she said um i just want to make a movie where and i hope that you can immerse yourself in she, she used words like that and i thought that was quite cool she apologized she couldn't be there which was fine but i thought that was quite cool that she had a little like video yeah i like i enjoyed it and it was, it, cool. it was a nice way to sort of uh, i was intrigued yeah from the introduction sure sure so i mean this brief synopsis on the movie I'd say it's basically kind of like um, a psychotic thriller. Yeah. Um, with a bit of a horror element to it. It was interesting, the storyline. It kind of like basically follows these two girls that are obviously, they're on the streets and they're, they're like obviously doing deals and stuff and 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 stuff like that. And then they, they, they basically say they're going to go and do a kind of a job and you think oh it's possibly a bank job or something like that and then they kind of come across a house and and there's a quite a lot of flashbacks from them from when they're young and basically they get to the house and then they kind of it just goes into this kind of story where they're kind of again i'm not going to spoil things but it kind of goes into a kind of make-believe kind of situation with this one woman that lives in the house we're we're for face with this fanta- sort of fantasy environment sure because it's very very drug infused fantasy as well yeah because um, they yeah. were implied to be like drug dealers um at the start and this is where it gets i suppose confusing without actually spoiling the movie yeah. um it's it's a real trip it was a real mm. trip to follow mm. it you were like stuck to your seat and you wanted to know what was intriguing happening wasn't it? it was intriguing it was really really um, and it was really really dark in places yeah and um you just weren't really sure what was going on that's why i like twists and turns it? It, it was just had like it had and several little twists yeah. and turns and like i said it was like this real drug and fuel trip you were on there tripping with them it mm. really sort of like um like she said about in the intro like immerse yourself in this movie if you like sure. let yourself go into this movie you were like really pulled upon this ride with the actual um free free lead actresses sure and they were brilliant yeah it's really cool because it's almost a a pretty much all female cast and and like the other thing i liked about it as well is it it, the film was shot beautifully there's some really really good camera angles and really nice kind of just like scenes where it really uses loads of color and camera shots and stuff yeah and i like yeah sorry and i like the how where the house that it was actually set in yeah yeah a a creepy old mansion they obviously Um, did their kind of research on on uh places that they wanted to shoot and stuff but i i wrote um (laughs) it was a punchy and neurotic mind-bending movie left you asking what the hell was going on Mm. all the way through even up to um even up to the very end Mm. you're still left coming out of that movie with like what the fuck did well, I watch? We're talking about it. I mean, we came out and talked about it, didn't we? Straight away. I think it's a talk piece where you come out and you'll reflect on it and you'll talk with people about it and, you know, reflect on the movie. And, and to me, that's when a movie's done quite well. It left an impression on me, definitely. Yeah. yeah and I don't think it's going to... And I think it'd be a shame. I, I don't think it would get a massive distribution. Hmm. I don't know um, who would want to pick this one up or where it would fit it's in. It's actually been picked up Ooh. by... I think that they showed it at Tribeca Festival and it's picked up by someone called Blue Fox Entertainment. Right, okay. So they've definitely got a distro for it. Cool. So that means it will come out whether it'll just be a straight-to-DVD or VOD or 
what I don't know I I mean you never know it could get dis- distributed to kind of an online service like Netflix or something um but yeah hopefully, I did read that hopefully shudder <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought um touching back on the acting though um the actresses in it were, were, I thought were awesome there's one particular one that I really liked to stand out was one of the lead girls which was um Madeline Brewer from um Handmaiden's Tale I don't know if you've seen Handmaiden's Tale I haven't Tale. seen I haven't seen that no um and she was in Orange is the New Black and, and she was also in that Hamlock Grove oh, okay cool but yeah I thought she stood out quite good like and she's I thought she's a tremendous actress that was um, a redhead wasn't it yeah that's yeah. the one yeah I thought she's great but yeah I, like a few notes I wrote down was like I just thought it was art house and places great camera work and I thought the costumes were awesome as well. All the clothes, the style. They must have had a good costume designer because there's a lot of different styles, but I noticed that. Yeah, it was almost like a cool. play in some parts yeah, as yeah. well. But um, just like, it was re- it was just really well shot and clever. I, re- I, I really like this one. Sure, same, same, definitely. So yeah, go and try and find this one. It's called Braid. Yeah. So that was our second movie of the day. Then we got a real treat. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So the next movie we watched was called Puppet Master. We were both quite excited for this one. Yeah, really? Puppet Master, the littlest Reich. The littlest. And if anyone's seen any of the Puppet Master movies, they know that what they're in for, surely. I mean, you've just got... Um, they've been going since about 1989, I think it is. Um, and there's been quite a few um, in the franchise. It's definitely worth going finding out how many there are in the franchise. Cause mm, that could very be, many. That could uh, lead to some... Great prizes, maybe, at some point in the near future. <laughs> some treats. Some treats. <laughs> this particular one, so they're all like, they've all, the whole franchise has been these, uh, I mean, I if anyone remembers Demonic Toys as well, they're just like, it's just puppets, basically, um, that come to life, and they're little Nazi puppets, basically. They've got this little, they're little Nazi master, yeah. and the whole thing is just absolute batshit. And this just um, is a reimagining. Because it's been um, picked up yeah. by uh, Fangoria, which is just coming back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll talk about a bit more maybe about Fangoria later. But, um, yeah, um, I was um, we were lucky enough to be joined by one of the stars of the film in this one, Barbara Compton. Oh, my God. The legendary she is Barbara Compton. still beautiful. Um, I don't know how old she is. She's still beautiful. She's one of the, um, the actors in there. And they were giving out some stuff, and uh, I might have uh, been, won a free T-shirt, <laughs> which is about three sizes too small for me. So <laughs> that might be we might end up giving that one out if yeah, anyone uh, anyone can claim that they can wear a small T-shirt. Then uh, yeah, send us an email or send us a tweet, and we might be lucky enough to be uh, to send that. It's a, a rig- limited edition. Limited edition. Well. So if no one sends me it, I'll just keep it. Angoria and... limited edition Fright Fest T-shirt. But this film is just, it's a reimagining of the main sort of canon. So it doesn't really lead on, does it? No. It's more of a standalone kind of... Um... I mean, the guy, the, the master, has mm. died several times. Mm. So he apparently he's still alive in, in this in this ilk. Um, and it, it follows a really good a niche. It's almost like treating the um, puppet master franchise as what it was, mm. as these puppets are worth a shitload of money. Mm. And we're, we're met with this great it's a great idea actually where you just get all these um people together who've got all these puppets that are selling on a, like an auction and they're all in the same hotel and it's, like uh, a, it's kind of like um kind of a, a comic con for yeah it's a comic con for, pup- for for um for these puppets mm. 
Um, and there, so there's several of them. Conventions. I say, yeah, it's conventions. Several of these puppets, obviously, in each room. The inevitable happens at some stage, and you are met with just a bunch of puppets coming to life and killing the people in the hotel. That's not really a spoiler. You don't, no, that's no. what you. That's, that's, what, that's you what you want from this movie, and it's just a way um, that some of these um, people are off to absolutely brilliant. And the fact that we've got to mention, obviously, the it's all practical effects. What I can see, I mean, I don't know. Ins and outs. All of it was practical effects. It's got to be, isn't it? yeah. It's even like, the drone sort of to- the toy that was flying around. There's some brilliant set pieces in there. I just thought, like you said, some of the kills are fantastic. It's just out and out good fun. It's total gore fest. Total like nod to all those movies. A nod to the like a, a love story to all the other like puppet master films. I can't see like the original ones like you know not liking it. You know, because I think the original guy was one of the writers anyway. Yeah, mm. I, think, I think you're right. And um, I really, I mean, I know, we can't spoil this movie, but there, I've got, are you, are you a can I mention one of the kills? Well, yeah, I mean, if you obviously don't want to hear this, you can skip this tiny little bit. But, but yeah, go on. I'll this let was you. just like, my, <laughs> this is one of my favourite kills of the whole, of the whole like weekend and stuff. It was a classic. So you were, like this guy is basically like taking a piss in the toilet. <laughs> And it's the toy that he's obviously got for auction is like this flying robot with with like a propeller on his head. Mm. And he starts just buzzing around and he comes at him, um, chops chops at his head, his head falls off <laughs> into the toilet, into the toilet <laughs> and he's still pissing on his head. I mean, so I loved head. it. Oh yeah, I just figured I thought that was brilliant. And it's you... proper. The whole the whole crowd in the cinema just <laughs> burst into laughter. It's it brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, this is a real just like if you love your gore and you love your like puppet movies. I mean, we're talking like Puppet Masters for me has always rivaled the likes of Child's Play, um, Demonic Toys. I mean, to name a few. I mean, mm. Can we name any other puppet movies? Dolls. Dolls. Yeah, Can't dolls. Like movies, late eighties, they sort of started like research. Fucking ghoulies. Love it. <laughs> but um, I've, what I found interesting about this, I didn't know this at the time, um, but uh, Craig Zeller, which is the guy that did uh, Bone Tomahawk and uh, Brawl on Sal Block 99, he wrote it oh. as well, along with the original guy, which was cool. And um, touching on Fangoria again, um, the guy that owns Cine State, um, which is a distro company, um, Dallas Sonner, is, is the guy that picked up Fangoria and restarted it. He he obviously helped fund it. Um, and he's also f- funded a new movie by Craig Zeller, which is coming out soon. So, oh, look at Keith, guys, we are in for a treat. Yeah. Uh, now Fangoria is back. Oh Watch God, out yeah. over the next couple of years. I mean, horror's taken a real um, positive turn this year. And with the, the fact that we've got Predator this year, a new Halloween from Blumhouse, um, next year we're going to have a second It movie. And there's lots of obviously more Stephen King in the works. Stephen King in the works. With Fangoria, we are in for an old school horror movie treat next year. I really do think over the next couple of years we're going to see some buttes being picked up and um, uh, given a bit of a um, reimagining. Yeah, I think I hopefully and for the new guys like the the kids that are around now to get to see this sort of stuff of like Puppet Master to see it and just and for it hopefully to, reinvigorate it and for it to stand up because like, yeah. to me if i i mean i know we we love the 80s anyway for, for this yeah. is like like gold for, for me as far as mm. i'm concerned but oh, i, I think this is really accessible to a new audience sure 
So I really, I, I mean, oh god, yeah, because it's I, it's going to be like streamed, it's downloadable, it's everything as, as well as being bought, obviously by people like us who collect stuff. I think it's you're appealing to two different markets, aren't you? Yeah, and I really love to see this film at a pro, like with a proper cinema release. I'd love it. Oh, definitely, it I'd on, go, I'd go and watch it again. Yeah, for I'd definitely sure. go and watch it again. It's so good to watch it on that big screen, though, isn't it? How it's big is that screen? Awesome. And the sound is just immense. Definitely. It's like a, what's it called? Super screen or something like that. Yeah, we got a super screen. We got the IMAX, but we got a super screen. It was, it was just brilliant. Apparently, it's better than the IMAX. Louder. And Barbara Compton tweeted me back. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to come on the podcast at any time. <laughs> or to my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're getting creepy. <laughs> okay, so should we move on? <laughs> yes, before, cool. I before it gets too anymore. creepy. Um, so, yeah, tell us about this is. Now yeah, this, tell us about our... This, oh, Christ. We both creamed ourselves a little bit over this one, I've got to say. Now, we were excited anyway, weren't we? Because we, we heard that Pascal Lager's new movie was being shown at Fight Fest. Obviously, we talked about in previous podcasts. He's the guy that obviously did Martyrs, Tall Man, and Brotherhood of the Wolf. Um, but obviously, he's well known for Martyrs, which we've seen. Uh, which Martyrs is just... If, it's fucking batshit. Yeah, if you haven't seen it... Pause this and go and watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll talk about Martyrs in another time. Yeah, I think we've got to do something with that, haven't we? For definite. Um, but yeah, so the next film is obviously by him called Incident in the Ghostland. It's a great title. It is a good title, but I did notice something. I don't know whether this is just IMDb or what, but I looked at it on there and it just says it's called Ghostland. So I don't know if it's called Ghostland in the States and maybe called Incident in the Ghostland over here because maybe there's already a film. I don't know. I hope they don't chop it. They haven't chopped it for the for the Arrow release. Definitely it's, it's, not because I've looked at it at work. Yeah. I think I like the fact that it's Incident in the Ghostland. I don't want it chopped, just mm. one 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 word. No, it's, I think Incident in the Ghostland is a great title for it. Um, So basically, again, no spoilers, but... It, we're met with straight into it we're met by what um a family a young family um two young girls family and, two and girls and their mum yeah yeah and they're obviously going to their aunt's house where she's obviously passed away or whatever and they're going to go and stay in a house and clear it out and sort it all out and stuff because they've obviously been left it in this some sort of will or something and yeah so they come to this house um and on the way, they encounter some kind of strange goings on with some people on the motorway, I'd say. This is, it's, um, they're going down the freeway, Matthew, because they're in America. The freeway, sorry. The freeway, Matthew. Yes. So, and yes. Yeah, so it's... They it's just, like a sweet van that passed Yeah, them. kind of like a creepy sweet van type weirdos come trundling by up their ass and then just go straight by them. I anyway, mean, it's a bit eerie. A bit yeah, weird. think Jeekers Creepers, Fink's Jewel. They're quite in the middle of nowhere, yeah. aren't they, anyway? So anyway, they get to the house and then it all kicks off from there. Creepy, really creepy looking house as well. The house is incredible. I mean, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, it's really hard set. to go into this one, isn't it, as well, I suppose. Um, but the way they've set this um, house up, I mean, it's got such a nod to like the eight, like so 80s like, movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the set is Psycho. beautiful, isn't it? some really interesting um pieces mm. and rooms and um just a whole set trinkets, of the house, isn't like it? her aunt's a, a hoarder 
Mm. Um, and that doesn't give you any indication of what's what's actually it, what she's hoarding. Mm. But it is beautiful, beautifully set. Mm. I really, really did like the house. Yeah, it was good. Um, I thought the actresses um, were fantastic. Like what they got out of them, at, like those two girls in it was, I thought it was absolutely. Yeah, the phenomenal. girls, the girls were really teens. Yeah. Um, really, really, really good. Um, actresses. I mean, they are the main sort of protagonists through this movie. Hmm. Um, and they go through the ringer. Yeah. Um, and we heard some interesting, um, tales from the set, didn't we? From somebody who yeah, told us but- that. We we is that um, your mate Rob? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my new mate. Um, so basically, yeah, we were at Fright Fest and we bumped into. Well, we I recognised him because I follow him on Twitter. But Rob Galuzzo from the Shockwaves podcast. He was obviously down for the festival, and obviously we got chatting to him. Really nice bloke. Um, got chatting to him about films, and he obviously let us know about. We were talking about how excited we are to go watch it, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it looks like a really good movie." And then he started to tell us about one of the actresses is actually suing like um the actual allegedly company. allegedly sorry yeah, allegedly <laughs> so. so her name is uh taylor hickson um she apparently I, i've had a little look online and stuff and he's right um apparently she was there's a scene where she breaks some glass or something and literally i'm not enough for asking to be a little scar and stuff but it literally severed her face from her cheek to her chin allegedly and she had like <laughs> yeah allegedly had <laughs> Uh, something like like 22 stitches and it looks horrific to be fair um but you know i don't know what's going on there i don't know whether um but I think she's i'm got a good case. the way the what the way that these girls the physicality mm. in this in this movie and what they're um they're dragged through sure it, you, you wouldn't be surprised that they were left with not only scars physically scars but mental scars because they were this this I can imagine he made them hard. do take after take as well, yeah. like getting it out and getting the performance. You can see on these girls' faces that they've literally got no we need to do it again. Again, I want more. I don't know we're talking Stanley Kubrick style stuff, but <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, yeah. But it definitely it, uh, probably one of my favourites of the festival. I don't know about you. It's my favourite movie from the festival. Yeah. I've then and there's a couple that are like would would stand up side by side with it but this was just um i watched this again and again because i just think it's well you can because uh, it's out on monday the 3rd of september no thank you matthew (laughs) all good hmv stores (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you pimp (laughs) anyway but yeah i would um of all the ones that we talk about today this movie is probably one of the most important um, ones to go and see if you like I would say so, yeah. um, Texas Chainsaw um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, the, the Hills of Eyes <laughs> yeah um, anything like I mean I, I put a few notes literally all I put on this was dark brilliant set design storyline twists shocking brutal those were just yeah. some of the words I could describe it with and, but, it, and it, t- we came out knackered yeah, yeah we were absolutely it was like you're on the edge of your seat like wasn't it? I came out of it and I said, I looked at you and I said, God, my muscles are so tense. Like, literally, I needed a drink. I mean, I put this was dark, intense ride that will leave you breathless. Yeah. And it really did. Be on the poster and draw <laughs> one last breath. <laughs> yeah, so. So, um, here we go, straight from that into the next film. 
And right. this was the closing film of the night, wasn't it? This is the closing one? movie on the Friday, yeah. yeah. So this was about um, uh, quarter Amazing. 12, I think. Um, so we're talking about late. <laughs> yeah, and it's got um, Nathan Jones in, uh, the rest, the old wrestler. Hopefully uh, some some of you might know who he is. Mm. He was in um, the the second Impact movie where he's the frozen elephant <laughs> halfway across the across the room. He's a big, huge guy. Allegedly. He's a big, huge guy. And... Um, and um, this is a great Aussie um, movie. We love our Aussie movies. This is a great Aussie movie. Yeah, it's they're banging them out, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a movie about um, a young family. Mm-hmm. A young family moving to... Uh, <laughs> or going on holiday and going to visit Uncle Bernie, Nathan Jones. And um, around around them is a load of, load of incidents with a big fucking boar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's big I mean if you've seen like uh, movies like Zombievers um, I don't know even like Critters this is just another um, movie with a, a big practical effect monster yeah. that is going around it's and pretty impressed with that, fucking, fucking shit up that it was um, um, effect like, Jaws this is Jaws in the Outback kind of like Grizzly Yes, like kind of like Grizzly. Kind of thing, yeah. And and the boar itself is um, really really impressive. Yeah, from I a, think it's, and really it, like they, it's no CGI. We're not talking sci-fi here, sci-fi channel here. We're talking a proper um, proper a proper, proper yeah. practical effects, which is brilliant. More movies, more do practical effects please, because they work, and um, and they, and they are a lot creepier than just doing some CGI. I mean, I, I love me CGI. But this is just like, I want more practical effects, please. Sure. And the movie itself has just got some brilliant one-liners. It's just typical Aussie humour. Really funny in places. Yeah, The whole crowds were laughing in there as well, weren't they? There were some such funny bits. Like, the rapport between the actors as well. Especially there's, like, there's two old guys, two Australian old guys in it. And they're absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, I'm so hungry, I could... (laughs) Eat a crow's crotch was one of my favourite lines. Said by Bill Mosley. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill Mosley from Thousand Thousand Corpses. Like Bruce. Bruce. Fucking, of course it's Bruce. Fucking Bruce. Bruce. And he also had another little cam- nice little cameo from... Uh, uh, was it oh, Re- yeah. Rico from Geordie Shaw? Yeah, well, that, he that came right? out and introduced the movie, didn't he? I totally forgot about that. He didn't know. So random. I was like, who's this guy? And he had a Geordie accent. I was like, surely he can't be in this film. Look out for his demise. Yeah. Because that's a fun one. It's literally a cameo, but it's it's worth it. It was all right. He played a Geordie in Australia, which is weird, <laughs> though, wasn't it? <laughs> really strange. It didn't matter. There's a big, it did, yeah, it didn't there's a big boar going it around was, it was killing a, people. Mate, I was completely immersed in this film. It's a good fun a lot, a lot of the longs are like kind of meg as well isn't it not yeah, quite a big yeah. budget but it was let yourself go enjoy it for what it is it was it loads of blood loads of fun some you know some really good like fighting scenes in there yeah i mean but <laughs> you know jokes. nathan jones versus the ball was um was pretty comical i think like i don't think it's um picked up a distribute yet i think it's got a few cuts oh to- it's universal Oh, is it Universal? Yeah, Universal. Oh, it's got to go for another cut, in it? Probably. Yeah, it need it needs maybe a bit of tightening up. Just a little bit of uh, trimming here and a there. A little, a little bit of tightening up, and um, don't think you can do anything about Nathan Jones acting though. <laughs> <laughs> the rest were all right, though. I thought. 
Yeah, I think some of the scenes with the boar. Um... Oh, because I didn't even realise this, right? You know, sorry to interrupt, but um, the you know her the the there's a dad in it, the older guy that's the the girl in the pub. Her yeah, dad. yeah, okay. Uh, the dad, that's the guy from the lead guy from Wolf Creek. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. I did not know that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, they're limited with their actors in uh, Australia, aren't they? They've <laughs> only got Home and Away. Probably from like Neighbours in there. I didn't see one person from Home and Away. Jim Robinson neighbors. wasn't there. Was I was he? gutted. <sighs> Just Paul, Paul Just Robinson. Paul, would have Paul done Robinson. It. That would have been brilliant. Or but, yeah. what was that name? Um, what was the guy? Sweet Valley High. Oh no, no. Harold Bishop could have made it like. He's dead, isn't he? In real life. Wow, he got swept out to sea. Oh, God did he come him. back? God rest him. I don't know, Damano. <laughs> Watches all that shit. <laughs> That's our mate man, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> the boar. You're on about the boar. <laughs> yeah. So, all I've got to write on this one is a big-ass boar terrorises the Australian outback. Fan-bloody-tastic. What Just, more do you want? If you like your practical effects and if you like the likes of Zombie, the Black Sheep, even like which is great New Zealand sort of horror movie, yeah. just go and watch it because it's a bit of fun. Another bit of fun. Oh, look at us being really positive about these movies so I know, far. I know. Christ. Cool. Should we move on again? Oh, I've got to move on to Saturday, mate, which was... Yes. You've got to talk about this because you, you threw this on me a couple of days before. Now, apologies to any uh, people who went like watched Ravers and stuff. I heard it's really good. But we were set to go and watch Ravers, which is in another cinema. But... I saw in another... In the Prince Charles Theatre around the corner, they had tickets up for... Uh, a film called Book of Monsters. So I thought, well, I that's where I texted. I said, to fancy going and watch this. Apparently, it's got practical effects. I haven't looked at any clips or anything, but looks the synopsis looks right up our street. Yeah. So we opted out of Ravers and to go and watch uh, Book of Monsters. But I've heard loads of good uh, reviews about Ravers, so I will check it out when that comes out. Because I had a fight with you a little bit, didn't I? You did. I mean, I really you did put your feet in I a little bit. Ravers. Yeah, but I think we we came out trumps with this one, mate. Yeah, I, really I agree. Do. Uh, Plus, it was sold out, so completely world premiere, sold out. Book of Monsters. So, just just before we touch on Book of Monsters, just before I got mentioned, there was a short we watched. Um, oh, what the? Okay, yeah, the short yeah, before it. Go on. Which I thought was fantastic. The <laughs> guy came out. I can't remember his name. Forgive me. I can't remember the director's name, but he came out and he basically told us that this was originally going to be in the ABCs of death but they didn't want it in the end so I don't, I don't know why why the reasons but they never he never said about them but it's called mannequin um which is it's just a short that was that because at fright fest it, before each film sometimes they have a short and i thought it was brilliant i thought it was hilariously funny i thought it was way out there what did you think okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know if i got anything to say uh, you it, thought it was funny. I thought it was funny as hell. Well, I mean, I like Team America. I like the best of them. These mannequins didn't even move. But that's the whole point. Have you seen any ABC? Have you seen any of the ABC? I've seen of ABC. Of, I've seen ABC of Death. I I thought it was fucking weird. That's I, the whole point. I know, and but I like weird, and I'm not sure. I was still trying to get over it. I don't. I don't really know. Oh, look, me. So I'm proper Wiltshire right now. Um, I don't know what I think about it. I'm still trying to get over the fact that this film, this short was literally about mannequins and the mannequins were talking and they were moving the mannequins down a, as if they, they were humans. Really moving, were they? they were just like stagnant, but... And then somebody got turned into a mannequin later. 
which then I could see what oh, was. I, I thought it was saw, great. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so funny. On. Like they were just taking the whole, they were taking the piss out of just horror movie tropes about just like good-looking people going into places they shouldn't. Oh, I'm gonna like go off down here and I'm gonna go over there and have sex and and but with mannequins it just didn't make sense and it didn't have to. And I thought it was funny as fuck. And fair play to him. I thought it was brilliant. Fair play. But anyway, let's get on to Book of Monsters. This. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. So, a, a tiny little synopsis on it. Primarily, it's... I don't want to touch on the start too much, because I'm not going to spoil it again. It's about a girl, um, and she... It's uh, coming up to her 18th birthday, or it is her 18th birthday. Um, and she kind of, when she was small, kind of her, that her mum was murdered... And her and her dad never really got over it, would you say? Yeah. And it's kind of like there's a story involving her and a, a magical book full of like different characters that her mum used to read her when she was a child. Kind of eerie kind of sketchings in a book, like all these type of monsters in it. Um, and then things start taking a turn on her 18th birthday party. Yeah, and it goes from there really. And it's, it, we have to note that this this is a British movie, which Fantastic I thought was um, going to be American. I mean, you have to like sort of take um, a leap out of say like the Gremlins. Um, mm. it's, it's got a few a few nods to sort of like those Massive, sort of yeah. um, child sort of maybe Goosebumps, but with a bit more gore. Yeah, go, Goosebumps is obviously yeah. a bit like kiddie, childish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, goosebumps, goosebumps for adults. Yeah, if I'd you like for that. It, all done with practical effects all, again. All done with practical effects and low, low budget. Chance to go on and franchise the crap out of it, if in mm. my opinion. I mean, obviously with this massive book, they touched upon a few of the monsters that mm. are in there. They could go to town on this. I could see this like being like um, Todd. Was it Todd and the Book of Evil? Is that a film? Is that a TV show? Is that what it's called? I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't know, but this it's it's got an, a nice little low budget charm. I think it is Todd in the Book of Evil. Okay. It's got Jason Mewes in. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, and it's quite low budget, okay. and um, they he faces off against load of evil evil basically. Cool, cool. And he's the only one who fights it. But this one, so it's it's kind of a British version of that. I think it, I think the hook for me as well when I saw it and I sent you a picture was the poster artwork for it. It just looks awesome. So there's no holds bars on the poster. Um, it just shows you some of the monsters that are going to be in it, which I think is brilliant. The poster's incredible, and that's yeah. what sold me on to go and watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the film itself, I don't know, um, they're all sort of... Um, it's quite a young cast, isn't it? They're quite a young cast, and they're quite a lot of um, first-timers. I think they've worked together on maybe one or two movies. I think if you look at the yeah. IMDb, they're all sort of like working with this director. I think the director is um, uh, dating one of the lead actresses as oh, well. Okay. So I think they've worked together as a, like a sort Spark. of like a... Yeah, as a, like yeah. a little family um, doing these sort of low-budget horror movies. But I think this one will really will break um, into a little bit more bit more budget, I, I think, and so. stuff like that. I, I just think this has got a little bit of push. And if sure. they do franchise it, they could TV... They could oh, put yeah. some little well, TV we were, show if they wanted. Some guy in the crowd actually asked the question, that why don't you make a TV show? That'd be awesome. <laughs> be brilliant. And it's great. It's a great shout. I mean, it's great that it got picked up by Dread Central, which is 
distributor. That was literally before, just before the festival as well. Yeah. So it was like they announced it, yeah, really big news and stuff that it got. They this... reckon it's going to come out DVD, Blu-ray, VOD, streaming, everything. Yeah, it's going to get a lot, a bit, a big push in the next couple of months. Mm. So really look out for this one, Book of Monsters. I really want to check out one of his first movies called Creature Below. Yeah, like you're touching on it. Apparently, it does have some of the same cast that he's worked with before, but it, the the cover looks pretty cool, and not because uh, it looks a bit low budget, but I'd like to see where it came, where kind of he started. It'd be really interesting to see that. Yeah, we should try and like um, try and steal that from somewhere and watch that. It's uh, very funny in places as well. It's got a great, it's got a comedy element to some it. Some great one-liners. Gary was brilliant. We, I think, <laughs> the whole audience liked this um, character called Gary. He was getting yeah. the piss rips out of him left right and center sure um with some, and, he, and he had some great um what, like one-liners which he delivered with i thought it was pure comedy gold likes of like flight of the concord is really dry i love yeah. that dry humor so it's very clever um the whole and the whole cast were there for the premiere including i yeah. can't remember his name now nicholas vince N- nicholas vince the guy he was in Hellraiser. He was in Hell. He was one of the. He played one of the Cenobites. That's right. Yeah. Um, in um, Hellraiser one and two. And he was in Nightbreed as well. Yeah, and he's a proper British. Um, he's a proper British actor. Um, he's a really good pull. Um, but I don't know if he's done anything. But like, <laughs> I don't know if he's done anything in front of the, a mask before. Um, but I'm glad they got him in there because it would be a nice, it's nice nod for horror fans. But he was a bit ropey in um, some places in terms of the acting and stuff like that. But it didn't matter because it, nah, it was a good. It definitely. was nice to have him there. Um, it was um, on I screen. Found, in some places, it's kind of like it, it, they were kind of like the characters that were kind of like in between us style characters, but girls yeah. kind of touched to it. Not low like a lot, but it did have that feel to it. Well, I think know? that's one of the big feels. Just, the women won this mm. year's fright fest it was just they always do in horror anyway it's in my a really opinion good but they female cast as well yeah, really really good it doesn't even matter they didn't ram it down your throat there is women no, it's just, exactly it was, it's just a movie with effects were awesome women. i thought it was fun charming great storyline and it featured a chainsaw which absolutely ticks every boxes for me yeah loved it oh and it was kickstarter funded wasn't it yeah well, it was wasn't it because they're all in the audience and stuff like that yeah yeah because there was a lot everybody said oh they said the director said anybody in here who funded the film and like there was probably about twenty people that put a hand up. Um, that's something I'd really like to look into. And yeah, draw one, draw one last breath. Would love to kick uh, support your Kickstarter. Yeah, so, so come what, see us. Whatever you do, yeah, come see us, and we'll definitely be up for for doing that for sure. We're not and rich. We got and we got a free poster out at the end as well. Yeah, it's a good place. Okay, that's Book of Monsters. What? So we. So then, then. <laughs> watch the movie which I've been banging on about to Matt for weeks so this is going to be the movie of the the festival I mean I, I was like I was busting a gut I mean with um, Happy Time Murders out this week this was going to be my movie of the Fright Fest and it was called Chuck Steele Night of the Trampires Night of the Trampires with a lovely 20 voice, million right? pound budget Probably one of the higher... $20 but million. Dollars. $20 million, Don't, don't say pounds, that's a lot more. <laughs> anyway. Go on, carry on. So it had uh, Mike Mike Morton, uh, Randir Singh, who did this movie with all the puppets. Stop and they had animation. Yes. They had some nice um, voice actors in it. So it's um, stop motion with proper, like clay models basically um throughout the video. and clay, i mean chuck Steele's already got another movie out so this is the second in the franchise so. is it is it a full movie or is it like um 
think it was. Sure. I don't know if it, I can't, I don't, I'm bothered to look because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it had some lovely voices in there. Yeah, who was the voices, Paul? Jennifer Lumley. Gen- Jennifer Lumley. What's her name? <laughs> Joanna Lumley. No. <laughs> the other one. No, it had Joanna Lumley in it. No. Is it? No. Who was it? Who was it then? It's Jennifer Saunders. All oh, right, Jennifer Saunders is in it. And Paul Whitehouse. I yeah, got that name right. You right. Got it. Okay. So add some actors in there, British actors. Yeah, yeah. Which are probably all going to get replaced. They said at the beginning when it gets well, taken possibly. up. Possibly. They said that quite... hopefully if a, a company pick up, they'll probably re-record all the voices. Which I thought was which weird. Quite weird. Yeah. Maybe they need to sort out the script first and then um, put put some actors in. Um, but no. No. All all joking aside. No, let's keep my jokes coming. One, one element of it is, like, this has taken, what, five or six years to make, they said, and it's stock animation with puppets and plasticine kind of style. It must have been grueling making it. I mean, it's unbelievably a long process to make this sort of mm. film, which I totally hats off to them. So um, you really want a good end product at the end of it. And I'll tell you what, visually... It was um, the way they done it and the way it was shot. It was incredible. Uh, the use of the puppets, that's some nice like gore. The, mo- the movie, the, the movie itself. Hang on, Matt. Hang on. Come on, come on. The movie itself is basically about this chap called Chuck Steele. He's a he's a, a, a one of those rogue cops that won't work with anyone. Proper eighties cop. Isn't yeah, it? proper eighties cop, and he's I'm really like. He's a jock cop, and he's really arrogant. He thinks he can kick Sexist, everyone's, kick everyone's ass. Pig. Yeah, big chauvinistic pig. The sto- <laughs> fucking story is about vampires went into hiding mm. and became tramps, and now they are... Trampires. <laughs> trampires, because they're only feeding on drunk people. Right, so they become trampires, and... They have to fight them before the world ends. There mm. you go. That's a good synopsis. Okay. And there's some like, you know, the actual clay models themselves are brilliant. Sure. The whole the whole stop motion thing oh, is absolutely fantastic. And I, I think they've done an incredible job of building these models. I just think they need a better script um, because it was just, it had some good one liners, but the delivery of it perhaps was a bit ropey. Um, and I think like th- th- I think this needs another cut. And then it's going to be the perfect movie. I really do think it's going to be the perfect movie. <laughs> you hope, you wish. I just, I will watch it again if they change all the script and the actors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they can't change him because he's because um he's voiced by Mike Moore. All right. Okay. So his his one lines are going to stick. Yeah. I mean, at the start of it, there were some really funny jokes, but then I think it just as it went on, it. it in some places it just got a bit too much and a, and it kind of lost its way a bit and then it it felt like it was on a long time for me it was an hour and 24 but it felt like the longest movie of the bloody it thing it did i mean but again i mean some of the the work they put into it, it i can totally understand like it, i totally totally respect that it just for me it wasn't my sort of film i mean can it, you think of one other claymation movie right that yeah. you've watched Oh, loads. Wallace and Gromit. All those Oh, movies. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just comparing it to something else. That's sure. So, but, yeah. I mean, even I don't like those, really. I can get why people do like them, but I'm not a massive fan of that sort of thing. 
this movie's got a massive following. Mm, I mean, we didn't following. see it in our one. No. But usually when people go and watch this sort of movie, they all wear the Jack, the Chuck Steele like, masks. Mm. Oh, okay. So yeah. I want to know where that audience is for here, because I don't think it got that audience. Mm. Mm. Um, um, and maybe if like I had a little bit... dollars. If I had a little bit of... Yeah, if I had a little bit of whooping and maybe a bit more enthusiasm in the movie, I think I might have gone along with it and not fallen asleep halfway through it. But there's, um, I needed a better, I needed a better script. I cool. love the, because I love the, I love the claymation. Mm. But I just, yeah. It's a shame because you were looking forward to it. Anyway. I kind of felt sorry for you a little bit. But then when I looked across and you were asleep, no, nah, nothing really. <laughs> and then, so. Oh, go on, mate. You we get have... to the evening. We sit down, we relax to watch a film called Upgrade, which is a fantastic movie, Blumhouse movie, it's coming out soon, it's out on Friday the 31st of uh, August, so if you want to go out and watch it, then that's cool. Yeah, this one gets a proper cinema release, it's yeah. in posters in our local And so it cinema. deserved, doesn't it? I mean... You know, I'd definitely go and catch this again. We were lucky enough to kind of be treated by the director came out, um, Lee Wenau, uh, Lee Wenau. He was a f- bloody nice guy. Yeah, he stayed, he stayed, he, he, yeah, guy. he stayed behind, did a little bit of Q and A afterwards as well. Done some signing, didn't he as well? Yeah, he's a really seems nice like guy. a really nice guy. He's done a lot to do with Insidious franchise. Um, he's an actor as well. He was in, in, he was actually in the Saw movie, first one, and he was in Bye Bye Man. I haven't seen Bye Bye Man yet. I do no, want I to check it out. That. And and this is the funniest thing I noticed about him. Do you know what he's directed? No. This movie, I can 100% bet my whole estate on you knowing knowing that you've watched this movie. Lava Lantua. Yeah. Yeah. He directed, directed that. that. Yeah. That's got Ralph Garman in. Has it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. As a, yeah, apparently I think, it's, I, I think it's got him and the goot in. Really? I, think I think that one's Lava Lantula. I've got, God, they all they all swim into one, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's got, I think that's got the goot in and um, Ralph Garman. Cool. So, yeah. There you go. Um, it's a yeah. sci-fi movie so, about tarantulas that can spit lava. lava. Cool. Hence lava lantula. I'll save it for your B movies, mate. <laughs> yeah, so upgrade, that's upgrade. So again, no spoilers, but it's kind of set. Well, it is set in the future. Um, it follows this one guy um, played by Logan Marshall Green. I mean, he's kind of a bit of a technophobe, kind of stuck in the old days, likes working on old cars. Um, but he, I liked him as a character, I thought he was great. Um, so it just kicks off and, you know, it's a futuri- futuristic film. It's kind of in the same vein, kind of like Robocop, would you say? Yeah, there's a, an event that happens and turns him into a, para- a paraplegic. Mm. Um, so he completely loses the use of his um, arms and legs and has to rely completely on technology technology yeah for someone as a technophobe that's the beautiful thing the, yeah i the, think it's great that the fact that they put this that fact into it and and then he has to rely on this technology to make him kind of move again and i just thought this film was fantastic apparently it was shot with nine million dollars it looked like what like a 35 million dollar job yeah uh the visuals are fantastic the acting was great um, the CGI was fantastic. I don't think they need to really clean anything up. The what's the, it looked this like is the finished thing. product. What CGI? I, I thought it was. If there was what CGI? There, there, there's definitely some CGI. Really? There, dude. Yeah. All yeah. right. 
Because I just thought the whole thing, the whole thing... Like, like the it, buildings and stuff like that, some oh. of the cars and stuff like that. Okay. I thought they built all those models. Maybe. Maybe, it looked, yeah. You might be right. I don't know. Everything looked really, really... I think some of it would have been Everything looked CGI. really realistic to me. Mm, okay. That's I, like, well, that's a good thing, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, everything looked... To me, everything looked really... It looked like a... Um, an episode of Black Mirror. It could have easily yeah, yeah, fitted into, into that sort of ilk. Um, but like you said as well, uh, not like Robocop... Yeah, that sort of nods. that sort of area. Nods uh, to the raid, I'd say as well. Yeah. Some places, but some of the fight style. sequences were absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. And the sci-fi element to it is just—it's batshit. I, I just—I was like, yeah, this is. Uh, there were people like literally. I think at one stage, the whole audience like, like clapped, didn't they? Yeah, there was that a, first there was a... the first sequence where the first fight sequence where sort of something happens. Something happens yeah. with this. Um, it's probably the first. I think that's the first clap we probably heard. Apart from there were some in um, Puppet Master Littlest, right? Yeah, but this one, the whole audience were just like everyone. What the and it fuck was kind am of I weird, watching? Because everybody just like everybody just claps at the same time. It's weird. Like it wasn't like somebody started it and then everybody joined it. Everybody just went. Wah. It was just mental. I just couldn't. And I couldn't. Um, I mean, I want to see it again straight away because I, I sure. really do want to see it because and see if it has the same effect to me. But I, it was just. Yeah, because we had a few runs by then, didn't we? Yeah, it was a pure, a pure <laughs> adrenaline, a pure adrenaline rush. Um, From start to end, I yeah, it and he totally, it was, completely. He, he made it. Oh the, yeah, the director, uh, not the director. So the obviously he made it, but Logan um, Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. He is fantastic. The way he moves, I don't know what it is, but he's almost like he's obviously trained. Um, time and time again to do it. Um, the director said that he's not. He's never done any physical um, that acting before. Yeah. But he dove into it. Did all his well. Did the stunts, majority of his own stunts. Yeah. And the physicality was all him, and he had some fucking work to do, mm. and it was absolutely brilliant. And and shout out to the camera guys because Jesus Christ, like he said again, the director, the the angles they worked with. He kind of touched on a kind of subject that was quite funny actually. That he said like. Literally, I, these guys I worked with in Australia, was it Australian shot or somewhere yeah, like that? Yeah, it was Australia. And yeah, and he said these guys have worked on big movies like Matrix and, and like your big blockbusters. And he was getting these big guys who do Mad the Max as well. Yeah, that's it, for, yeah. Fury Road. Um, and these guys worked on Mad Max, Fury Road, um, Matrix and all this. He didn't and he know. was getting them for a $9 million budget. He landed on his feet yeah. with this movie. Um and he told us some brilliant stories about where he actually filmed the um, filmed the, one of the scenes um, was next door to a pub that he'd um, filmed his first Short, student movie in there, student movie, yeah, um, where he had like crack. literally no budget, and he yeah. was like there just with like a nine million pound movie with a hundred people working. For Mad for Max. Uh, he he's the luckiest director in the world, and he produced something which was absolutely um, incredible and should be shown to. This is like one hundred and one movie making, as far as I'm concerned. It was a it was original. Mm. I, I know we've had some interesting like Black Mirror stories, but they're all they're all one offs. But if you think about it, this is this is a this is a one off. But this is what I'm saying. Like Black Mirror, there's been a lot of them. Yeah. And to come out with something original, um, write it as well and direct it, it it's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, to me, I, I just thought everything about this movie was fantastic. It just looked great. The acting was great. The storyline was good. Um, the fight sequences were brilliant. Just ticked all the boxes. I just yeah. thought it was a great movie. 
It's like, and we don't get like out and out horror like all the time. I mean, this is like a um, a sci fi revenge thriller, if yeah. you like. And those revenge movies do do fall nice into the, that, the yeah, yeah, yeah fall into the yoke of like horror movies often, and uh, where they where they have that sort of revenge element that they've got to go and avenge something. And, and this the, this is a really interesting concept, and I I think. Um, I will promote the hell out of this to try and get when it's in the summer Absolutely. to get people to watch it. And I, I hope that it doesn't just get like a, I hope it makes some numbers. Mm. I think it, I think, I think it should. And I think it will. Is it? At- it's got quite a lot of promotion behind it. They've been plugging it a long time. The only thing is it came out about two months ago in the States first. Right. So it's over here. So it all depends what kind of marketing they have over here with it. We've I've seen, seen, I have seen it on a few bus stops and buses and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's definitely got a poster on the digital posters at the our local Cineworld. Okay, cool. Because that's where we thought we were going to go and end up watching it. Sure. Until, until um, we saw it at Fire Fest. So I'm hoping, I mean, us, our local cinema have uh, upset us recently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another time. But that's time. for another time. <laughs> um, so hopefully this will get... Um, a decent a decent release and we'll look out for those numbers i think on that sure. and try and promote the hell of it if we can all over social media cool um, absolutely but yeah go see this movie upgrade upgrade now cool so that's all the ones that we stayed and watched <laughs> yeah we, we i mean yeah i i mean it, it was good to kind of like watch those those picks i think we picked a couple of obviously we only went for two days Fingers crossed we might go for the full festival next year if you're man enough. But we'll see. But there were some... There There's were some, some we missed out on that I think we need to give a shout out that I'm going to shout out because I really want to watch them. Go on then. Um, one of them was that um, um, Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead, that's it. Yeah, that looks cool. It's so It did so well that they put an extra showing around the corner at the Prince Charles. Um, I was a bit gutted. I didn't even... It's kind of what you call some of the people that Fright Fest saw it. And they were calling it like a sleeper where you go and watch it and you don't expect it to be good and you've not really heard anything about it. It's shown and everybody come out of it and goes, wow. Um, I really fancy watching that Climax movie. Oh, um, God, that looks all right fuck. from the... Um, for, why? It's, it's from the director of Irreversible. That doesn't mean nothing. This could be completely different. The trailer looks good and, it, and the hype around it on Twitter and stuff, loads of people yeah. putting in their top five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll what tell about you, you? Is there anything you would like sit, to watch? We sit down and watch Climax with um, Dan and uh, Doigi and, and Mr. Doust, like we did with the old days friends. with a Serbian movie. Oh, okay. All right, we'll any watch movies that. that you would have liked to um, see? That you yeah, saw? Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, That's I a good shout. saw some quite um, interesting things around that, and it's like for me, anything with like a apocalyptic movie with singing in, what could go wrong? So I, I'm I'm hoping that it's going to go on tour. I've asked them to come to Swindon. But you know, I probably end. I probably I will probably happen. travel as far as Bristol, but <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I'll know. keep an eye because I want. I would like to go Draw and see one last breath trip to Bristol. Yeah, <laughs> but come come to Swindon. It'd be nice. No one ever comes to Swindon. Well, they do, but no one ever comes to Swindon. Why would you come? Um. So yeah, that one, the one that we could have watched and we didn't. What keeps you alive? I think I'm going to end up trying to watch that because I got a little. There's people, a few people are banging on about that as well. Oh, was that the guy from that did Stillborn? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't fancy it, but yeah, what keeps you alive? I might check out if that's on Shudder. But that's the thing; it's like the beauty that. of this is if it comes out now, you'll go and watch it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you missed it. So, 
I mean, all these movies, uh, if you get a chance, um, go online, have a look what was there and check through it. Maybe have a look online and see what all the buzz is out and pick some that you want to watch. That's what you do, isn't it? You put them in your IMDb list of films to watch. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a couple more. Summer of '84 and The Ranger oh. that were played on um, Thursday. Both, about that. both want to see those. Oh, I would love to go um, on that day. Ranger, especially, is a, a lot of our mates might like this one. It's like um, about a group of punks that end up mm. going into a, into the woods and get stalked by uh, proper slasher. Stalked a ranger. Like. Yeah, we're talking like yeah, proper Friday the Thirteenth sort of star, hopefully. So and that got like rave reviews. Yeah, um, Female led director. So that got um, a lot of hype. The fact that it was um, the, the opening of this um, was a female-led director, and probably most enthusiastic is the documentary Wolfman's Got Nards. Yes, Ooh. which we want both wanted to see, didn't we? If I'm not even going to tell you what it's about, right? Wolfman's Got Nards is the documentary name. You should know that quote from the movie. Um, t- text, uh, tweet us, send us a Facebook message, email us if you know which movie that is from all right and you might get a little saying saying that's wolfman's got nards yeah well shall we uh move on So this is uh, something to scream about, um, bit of the sh- part of the show. Uh, this is where we, uh, the previous week, we pick out um, a topic from the little bucket that we have. Matt picked out um, our topic last week, and it was our favourite B movies. So I'll start with you, man, Matt. What have you got first? You had a bit of a problem. So I, what I'm going to do first, I'm going to just. Uh, Set the scene, if you like, yeah. what a B-movie is. Yeah, before you go say this, but yeah, I think I obviously misunderstood it last week when I was pretty down on it when I, when I picked out a B-movie. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, sad, I think I'm really a bit of an sad. idiot because um, obviously I didn't, like, I did a bit of research on it and as you're going to go through in a minute, I didn't realise what really a B-movie defined because I was just thinking Sharknado you know, Lava Lantua, like we spoke about earlier. All good, so... Yeah, in your eyes. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. All right, okay. So, B-movies to me are those low-budget, down-and-dirty movies that don't have the push from the uh, big distribution companies. They used to make it through on word of mouth and appearing on channels such as Bravo and TNT. And before that, B-movies would be short and get a small release time before the main movie at your local cinema or, or independent cinema recently b movies have exploded on channels such as sci-fi and we've been treated to cti creature features like mega shark versus giant octopus lava lantula as you just mentioned and the unstoppable sharknado franchise <laughs> these movies have had some notoriety notoriety recent uh, by being mentioned on radio one but the real charm of these are the fans that get behind them and boost their credibility through social media. I personally am a huge advocate for the B-movie and will drone on about the latest movie on the Sci-Fi channel, whether it be Two-Headed Shark, Mega Piranha or Big Ass Spider. 
What can I say? I love an underdog story and some of my favourite horror movies will be classed as a B-movie due to their micro-budget and distribution. Movies including Halloween and Night of the Living Dead are B-movies and notably two of the best in the genre. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, The Toxic Avenger and Braindead have gained huge cult status and will always be remembered for the sweat and hard work it takes to deliver a quirky masterpiece. Everyone's got their favourite B-movie treasures. I find I think looking on um, social media like oh sorry you finished no I was falling I, asleep there <laughs> not me I, I think what we found in the last like week is that B movies are really really personal movies everyone's got their own um, little taste of it and yeah. everyone's got their their own view on what a B movie is and I, I think suppose, they're really yeah. really personal to the um um to the individual mm. so let's get ours out of the way you kick it off okay right let's Wait, say... what you got. Um, I found it hard to choose, to be honest. I was a bit kind of like overwhelmed by all the stuff I was thinking about of what I've seen and whether it was, again, we're debating whether it was a B-movie or not. So I'm just going to put it out there whether, it, I don't know if it is classified, it might not be, you might not agree with it. But um, my first movie that I've gone with is a, a more, a new, newer movie called Monsters from two, from 2010, directed by... Gareth Edwards. Right, okay. Have you seen that one? I have seen it. It looks really yeah. it's really good. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean I I put that to me because it I really delved into it quite a lot and when I watched the movie I really was interested on how it's made and I watched all the kind of features afterwards on the DVD and I found it really, really interesting. And the fact that the budget was like five hundred thousand pounds, not dollars, pounds, um was astronomically low and i was like i really want to know how they made this and stuff so uh, uh, you know the film is about this guy um and it's set six years after kind of like an alien invasion where a journalist basically agrees to escort uh, an american tourist through an infected zone uh, into mexico um and it, i just thought it was a really interesting concept and because it's no you always see films about aliens at the time or taken over, never like the aftermath after after it's happened. What what goes on? I thought that was a really interesting storyline, and um, yeah, and just everything about this movie is so cool. Like literally, they edited it on set. So as they were going to each place, um, they were just getting like um a bench in the hotel room and setting up the editing equipment and editing it as they went, and Fuck. that's pretty unheard of. Yeah, that's pretty fucking like, cool. So it was a quicker turnaround, so it would be ready to distri- distribute and show quicker. Um, and it was like, it's shot in some really weird places as well. It was shot like, where, was it, where did I write down? It was shot, uh, it was, some of it was Texas, some of it was some uh, called the Maya Ruins. And the what, sorry? Uh, Maya Ruins. Maya Ruins. Yeah, and uh, in uh, Guatemala or something like that. And it was just like, but the places they used were really, really cool. And it's like really interesting looking places and where they didn't have to do anything with sets. They just used places that looked really cool. I remember the sets being fucking awesome. Yeah. You made me, actually, you made me really want to fucking go and watch that this weekend. It is, it's a cool movie. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about the end or anything because people might want to go out and buy it, but it's awesome. But there's like little interesting facts. Like they just met this guy who, who they're on their travels and, and he basically says, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're making a movie. And he's like, oh, can I be in it? And they're like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so there's a scene in it, look out for it if you do rewatch it, where 
they're, they're at a border patrol bit and there's a guy um, like a border patrol officer giving questioning them and that guy is just a local from the area and it, awesome. he, he's really good at it but yeah I, I loved it because it's just like it's different small budget um, all the effects were done by Gareth Edwards himself um, which mm, I was just yeah. thought was astronomically mental that's but, quality yeah what, what, what about you what you got that's a great pick okay well I'm going to go with um a classic I mm. think so um I'm going to go for Night of the Living Dead oh, so George a George A. Romero um budget wise um I think because we're talking B movies it's 114,000 that's crazy but yeah. it went on to make fir- something like 33 million really How if much? I wow. underestimate yeah I'm thinking it's pretty sure it's 33 million Jesus 33 million, and it's just dollars um but it was a B movie that redefined the horror genre of course, yeah, without Abs- a doubt. A- absolutely. I mean, um, it's one of the first, like, not living, like, living, the, living the dead series that I've got into. George Romero is a massive, like, hero of like both of ours. Yeah, we of absolutely fucking love the guy. We've like talked about him to death over the years. God rest his soul. But this movie has had like obviously spawned a massive like um, horror franchise mm. itself. You've got like I think six of them in the actual franchise itself. They're all really, really like politically based at the time of like shooting and stuff like that. They're all quite different as well, aren't they? Yeah. Cool. Even though they sort of generally follow, they don't like follow on like exactly from no. each other. But the story arc is like obviously you've got Dawn of the Dead, Dare of the Dead, Land of the Dead, and you've got the two other ones, Survival of the Dead and Diary of the Dead as well. Yeah, yeah. And they sort of like generally get the apocalyptic theme and they deal with different like political issues throughout. Sure. Um, it's just a shame that kind of towards the end the budgets kind of dwindled a little bit and stuff like that but where he went on his own and did a lot of it himself but still i think they had some really good things about them that was a really good thing about yeah, the later ones i mean when this one come out like night night of living day come out is it was um unheard of like it was an independent, yeah, independent people release were like and they, leaving the cinema weren't they yeah. disgust and stuff yeah and they didn't really understand it and didn't really get the exactly. um, thing but it had that really political moment right at the end um so you know th- this is a film that hopefully you've all seen, mm. um, but one of the most poignant moment, moments of this movie um, is our the one survivor. And this is a spoiler, so if you haven't seen it, like switch off for the next couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, but um, right at the end, um, the only survivor out of this out of the whole um, scenario is a is a African American guy, and being like nineteen sixty eight. And um, like black civil white, um, rights was like huge at the time. Of course, he gets he gets shot and mistaken for a zombie, and that's how it ends. So he's the hero, and you have a load of hillbillies around, and he goes, "Oh, there's another one!" Boom, shot, and then it ends. It's like, "Oh, hang on, the hero's just died." Mm. It's like what? And you realise that that's kind of like what the the attitude was at the time. It just didn't really make a difference. It was, it was really poignant. I think that's probably why it got such a great sort of like push oh yeah and like word of mouth like come out and stuff like that well, that's, so. that's the thing as well is just that back then as well it's just like there wasn't many films that ended on a downer it was like american audiences don't like films that go out on a downer no. they just like happy endings in all their films and this is dark as anything really dark. just like that's the thing it was like like you said it's unheard of for those it's, times yeah, and it's black not, and white as yeah well. it's black and white um and there's some great thing I'm coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. Some great lines from it. And it's just a wicked, like, I mean, it got me How many movies hooked. is that in? Yeah. I mean, look at all the, like, other stuff that it, like, spawned. Oh, Shaun of the yeah. Dead. 
Um, what you've got so many other like Dawn of Dead remakes, Dead Dead remakes. Yeah. I mean, how many have we watched Better the Dead recently? <laughs> at um, the uh, Fright Fest, there was one cut of the Dead. I mean, yeah. of the Dead series. Train to Busan been... wouldn't have been made, that's for sure. Walking Dead, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't see that yeah. with Toffee if without that. You, you know, Robert Kirkman said that's where he gets most of his ideas from and stuff of like course, that. So yeah. it's just phenomenal, like what it's um, generated. So that's has to be one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely a good pick. Uh, like a good staple and if you haven't seen it go out and watch it for christ's sake yeah please do <laughs> you, don't mi- you don't know what you're missing cool. colin matt what's your second one um, my second one i i had to t- i was t- torn between two but um if i'm honest i had to go this because it's one of my favorite movies and again however it's a b movie i don't know you tell me but uh evil dead 2 definitely a B movie. i had to i had to go i mean it's got the the legendary b-movie legend which is bruce campbell yeah it's like you can't get better that obviously he's been in like other loads of other like movies and and baba hotep and stuff like that and and but the evil dead films and ash versus evil dead (sighs) but like literally evil dead 2 is just one of those films where it was just like again practical effects um sam raimi is just a genius in my eyes um the budget was quite a lot so i mean it was apparently it was three and a half million dollars okay so why why didn't you pick evil dead then why did you go for evil dead 2 i I like evil dead better i don't know why i just you like the sequel better than the first one yeah yeah massively i think if you talk to a lot of fans a lot of fans will prefer the second one um i'm not gonna i'm i'm right up there with you but i I mean i love the first one but it's obviously the first one kicked off at a lower budget Mm. and stuff and evil dead 2 had a bit more of a following i just managed to get a bit more of a budget it's like a lot of people say a lot of people like talk about like evil dead being even like almost a remake it is yeah yeah, completely i mean but there's loads of people argue the fact i've seen it online and (laughs) stuff like that but evil dead 2 to me is is it's just one of those films it's like uh, it's just like the effects and everything is that, that it's all real and there's stuff like that and and obviously Ted Raimi uh, is in it as well which is Sam Raimi's brother and he plays um, possessed Henrietta you know yeah. the, the cellar dweller yeah um, but those bits in there like you know the decapitation the tree bit and you know it's just like got so many cool things in that movie the little um, mini hymns yeah and well Ash without a head running after him with a chainsaw <laughs> Just quality, yeah. everything. One line is brilliant. It's just, uh, just everything about this movie is is brilliant. And it's just like, I mean, you you bought me the Ash vs. Evil Dead figure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I absolutely love it. I've you bought me the book, one of Bruce Campbell's books. Yeah. He's got absolutely loads of books out. Um, it's one guy I'd like to meet, and he's recently was in, um, England actually. He was in, doing signings in Forbidden Planets. Was his, he? His newest book. Yeah. What did you say? It was a long, uh, wow, it was like really quick and we, oh, okay. I can't remember why, why we didn't go. That would be, that's on my bucket. I'd love to see. I'd yeah, really it'll come over me. again, yeah. I'm sure of it. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, Evil Dead Part 2 was was my pick. It's a fucking great shout, mate. Great movie. Love it. Um, okay. So on, what's your, my what's your second final? one, it's, this is really personal and I go on to you about this all the bloody time and I'm going to try and make Can you. Can I have a guess? You go on, have a best. Is it Sharknado? No, 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 no it's really? not. It's um, um the 1986 um, Lloyd Kaufman class of Newcomb High. Okay. It's, um, bit so more... I like I like his Toxic Avenger stuff. Yeah, like I mean Troma. It's like Troma is like fucking like massive like cult following. Well, I can't come on, I've not seen it, so carry on. 
It's all right. You might see it at some point. <laughs> yeah, it might make you watch carry it at some on, point. Carry on. So it's um, budget rise is about four hundred thousand. So really low budget. Sure. Again, um, and I mean, Lloyd Kaufman at the moment is just absolutely um, just chucking out movies. I mean, the guy I checked out the guy's at IMDb, mm. and um, up he's got about thirty two um, upcoming projects. I've never seen a guy that's like so busy. Please don't run down the whole thirty-two. Oh, mate! I just got there's. I just got to pick out a couple. Um, he's, he's really like. Um, he's quite active on social media as well. He's always over Twitter, all over Twitter. Um, he's in a new documentary as well about the last blockbuster. The last well. blockbuster. It looks quite cool. It's all about the block blockbuster movies uh, places. Well, we should get him on here then, mate, if we can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, oh my god. I just gotta tell you a couple of these upcoming projects. Attack of the Killer Chickens. Brilliant. The movie. So if we case we didn't know. Um there was one I think I saw that was called Yeah, Pig Boy. He ain't no babe. But he he's an actor. He, ain't no babe. he stars in it as well. So in okay. this he's like he's gonna be called the KFC Priest. Oh, it's just nuts. I mean, there was one that was hilarious. Sticky Fingers, the movie. Right. He's just a prisoner in that. So Brilliant. Yeah, lots of. I mean, they're they're great. So go and check out his IMDb page because um, it's absolutely brilliant. He was the he was just the other director. There was another director on here. I can't sure. remember his name. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> the reason why <laughs> the reason why I picked this movie is I watched this movie when I was about fifteen. Can I stop you one second? If 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 you're gonna don't no spoilers because I I'm gonna have to watch this at some point. All right, so try the, not to spoil this it. This would be spoiler free if you can. Yeah, okay. Don't worry too much. Yeah, I was, um, so I was 15 when I watched this movie. I was Just around, a, um, a wee young wee schnapper. Yeah. So I watched it around, um, I remember this girl called Haley's house, me and my brother and her, I think someone else were watching it. And I remember her house was full of like snakes. It was really weird. I think they bred like snakes and stuff like that. Oh, so they had all these like old horror movies like on the shelf and stuff. So, oh my God, the amount of VHS they had. Mm. I'll tell you what, that'd be nice to get hold of that. But so you must have had a real liking for those sort of b-movies sure. as well yeah. we picked out and we watched this class on newcomb high together and it's just genius i mean it, the film itself is about it's a high school um with high school students and i think the high school's next to a like a nuclear power plant i think or something like that okay and um radiation spills out the, um and it gets into the local plants and into their weed so the whole like thing is about like um, um them all smoking like the weed and it changes it alters p- different people in different ways okay thing thing at the start um is the honest the honor society gets changed into some um these like sort of neo-punks they always like these neo-punks in his movies right and um they turn into like they, they suddenly called the cretins Ooh. and that's what it is it's about the cretins and stuff and about them se- like selling weed and then there's like angst and stuff like that. So I won't go too much gory into that. And stuff, or... um, yeah, there's some like brute. There's some proper like cool deaths. Like ro- I think RoboCop, like the guy melting out, melting out the uh, toxic stuff. Yeah, some really cool deaths. But there's also some just like real fucked up imagery. Okay. What the actual like when they in- ingest the drug. You've actually got me interested in that. Yeah, <laughs> there's, when they ingest the drug, um, it like makes do crazy things. And there's okay. some, like this is fucking batshit, like dreamy. Like, I want to say, it is. A, I think, if I remember right, it was like a sex scene, but it wasn't. Okay. It was like the two of them, it was really, really fucking weird. And there's like a 10-foot boner in it. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> I, I paused it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Out, completely out of context. 
but it was the funniest thing I've ever, ever seen. My brother was 15. It's just, it's stuck with me. The scene's just mental. It's mental. Um, and you remember, yeah, <laughs> seriously, it's fucked up. Okay. Okay. It sort of acts like, the drug sort of acts like a weird aphrodisiac as well. Right. Okay. It's fucking nuts, mate. Seriously. I, you, I need you to watch this movie. Okay. All right. Right. <laughs> I will let, I will lend it to you and you can watch okay. it. So it's like a proper like um personal personal like B movie for me. But yeah, that's um so that's class and you come high, go and watch that. But we've had a load of people from um um as we said we we, we put this out on um so uh Twitter so that everyone can get involved and uh um Matt's gonna read out a few of the uh uh, responses we had. Yeah, I mean we put it out there for like obviously like we do with every question, just um, to see if people kind of put their you know, answers through because um, I think it's really good to get involved and it certainly gave me some new things to to delve and kind of find um, but yeah so yeah we this have... is when I realised how personal B-movies were because yeah, I have not but heard I've, I've, there's some of these where I'm just like what okay I need to go and check this out probably one of the biggest responses to a question I mean obviously I at people on Twitter um, to try and get some reactions because we are as a couple, me and you, as doing this podcast, we want to know. We love people's interaction, and yeah. I, I love getting this is one of the best questions that's come out. And I was quite down on it, like I said, with B movies. <laughs> and when it went out there, literally loads of people got involved uh, who we added, and then loads of people passed that as well because it got retweeted a lot. So it was fantastic to have like so many mentions. It's yeah. brilliant. Um, so I, I'll read out a couple. So obviously, uh, a couple of uh, people that. Uh, chiming quite a lot which is great which is our what uh podcast uh they picked uh the lost skeleton of cadaver i've never heard of this <laughs> i've one. not even looked it up yet so that, i'm, gonna have to I'm check interested that one out. in that one big time. Bad shit fucking title also uh fairy fay contacted us and she said freak out which i've not seen which <laughs> is interesting so i'd love to to kind of uh, find out if i can get a copy of that somewhere um, brutal King one at brutal King. Uh, sorry, King one brutal. I said one of your favourites. Uh, Killer clowns from outer space. Fuck yeah, fucking great choice. I got. I got to be honest. It is. It is a great choice. <laughs> you turn me on that one. Um, uh, bloody candy. Um, brackets popcorn at bloody popcorn. Um, said slumber party massacre, which was cool. Um, and Ryan Martin at the Ryan Martin. Uh, said the Toxic Avenger. Again, I haven't watched Toxic Avenger. You have a long so time I'm ago. Have to watch yeah, it. I'd like to revisit it, but there is a box set you can get, which is looks. Yeah, quite tasty. I want to. After thinking about Class Newcomb High, I want to get a load of trauma films. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, and also we've got John Nader underscore irate commander underscore KMA at Ghost of GB. What are you doing to me? <laughs> quite <amazing>. um, <laughs> he said Rawhead Rex, and he put a little gif on there which is cool the gif this is really another cool. one from arrow that i really want to check out it looks crazy well you buy it and i'll, I'll we'll watch it uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um m dot mars at joker's baby daddy i like that one that's good um said madman which is uh, i've tried to i've wanted to pick that up i've seen that quite a lot in terms yeah. of the, it is an arrow one isn't it yeah it is yeah so that that is on my list to sort of pick up and watch cool uh, Brendan O'Keefe uh, at Brendan O'Keefe said Basket Case one of my faves fucking love that movie can't, can't beat a bit of Basket Case and he put it and I had to guess from the, the gif as well sure sure um, one of the guys that uh, obviously went to Fright Fest because I follow him on Twitter he's tweeted quite a lot about it he's quite an interesting guy called Mal Jutley at Mal Jutley 
uh, it has also said they live and Evil Dead and Shocker. Yeah, he picked a couple. And Shocker's I've, a great movie. Yeah, they live like with Roddy Roddy Pal- Piper. Piper. Yeah, love that movie. Genius. Uh, Phil Ken Seven at Phil underscore Seven Evil Dead Two. Of <laughs> course. Um, and this is quite a cool one. Um, uh, obviously, we went to Fright Fest and we saw Book of Monsters. Uh, the director from Book of Monsters chimed in, which was great. Um, Stuart Spark at Stuart Spark. Uh, and he said, Critters 4. Yes. I which mean, you've seen recently, I'm a, didn't you? He, I'm hoping that he wasn't being sarcastic. No. It's, in, it's no, interesting that he picked Critters 4 out of all of them because that's the one that's set in space. So, yeah, interesting interesting option. But I, I don't think he, he was, because it basically we saw his film, man. It's, it's oh, all yeah. particle effects. Yeah, he, 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 loves, he must love the critters. I'd love to have a chat about him about fucking critters, because my love of critters, I think, is it's right out there. Classic. And last one, uh, Haddonfield Horror. Uh, it's a brain dead. One of your faves. <sighs> yeah, that was that New Zealand Peter Jackson. One of his first one, wasn't it? Cool. So yeah, that's uh, that was a fun little topic. We got to pick our next. Oh, I nearly topic. forgot one person. Can't forget Geordie Paul. <laughs> he also said Tremors, which is a, a great shout. Kevin Bacon at his finest. Yeah. So yeah, now we're gonna like uh, pull our new one out of the bucket for next week. I mean, yeah, I've really enjoyed that topic. Not gonna lie. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it was good. I was, I was like, there's one of the best ones we've had so far. Yeah, so. and if you want to like continue sending us what your B movies are, do. Yeah, I'd love to people to. We always I, put I, the question out. There, I, so. I, I want to watch more movies, so just like you know, give me give me ideas. Right, I'm picking this out of the bucket. What have I got? This okay. Let me a good one. Okay, um, it's our favorite horror director. Oh, so talk that, about that's our favorite horror director. I think we have to go with one each then. What? What? Just one? Yeah, because yeah, if okay. I'm talking about it, I might talk to him. Yeah, okay. That's going to be an interesting That's one. It's going to be difficult, but okay. it'll be all right. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Be I'm fun. up for the challenge of, of um, picking one. Definitely. Oh. Definitely. Okay, cool. Um, so our favourite horror director then for uh, for next week. That sounds good to me, mate. Right, let's move on to our uh, movie from the vault. Cool. So, obviously this week I picked our movie from the vault, uh, which was 1985's House. When you were here before, couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel, your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather in a beautiful world. I wish I was special, you're so fucking special. But I'm a creep. So I'll just do a, a kind of little kind of like synopsis on it. So Roger Cobb is a, a Vietnam vet whose career as a horror novelist has taken a turn for the worst when his son, Jimmy, mysteriously disappears while visiting his aunt's house. Roger's search for Jimmy destroys his marriage and his writing career. The sudden death of his aunt brings Roger back to the house where his nightmares began. The evil zombies in the house force Roger to endure a harrowing journey into his past. So, I mean, that's a great, <laughs> it's a great intro. Blatantly red. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. As, as was mine earlier. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I mean, 
Because you obviously you haven't seen this film. No, before, I thought I had, but no, I have. I well, after watching it, I realised that I hadn't actually seen it, and it was a proper eighty. It was a proper eighties horror movie. It's like I didn't really. I thought it was going to be a lot scarier, mm. like a it's scarier a quite one. A slow burn, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was going to be more amateur, ho- amateur house of horror rather like, more than serious. Yeah, I thought oh, it was going right, to be serious okay. rather than it's complete. No, but it's completely tongue in cheek, which caught um, you by surprise. Which then. Yeah, it really appealed to me. So I, okay. I was like, oh, this is actually quite funny. It's quite batshit as well in places, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, because like I said, it, it starts off quite slow. Cause really it's like, slow. It, it sets it up and it's in, the acting's not amazing and then it just goes really slow. And, you, you know, you kind of, and it kind of gets better and better as it goes on and it just gets more crazy. I think it picked up and got better. Hmm. When it introduced the neighbour. Um, yeah. uh, what was his name? The guy from Cheers. The guy from Cheers, yeah. The guy yeah, from yeah. Cheers. When he pops into it and it was always like stalkerish ways. Yeah. It was suddenly like it got, it picked up the pace in terms of humour. Mm. And um, what's definitely the... had that comedy element. element. Yeah. And, uh, and like he started being really weird. <laughs> like he was really weird like he, these these like crazy little flashbacks would happen every now and again to when he was like in vietnam oh to roger yeah the main guy yeah, yeah to rock so roger and and he'd be wearing he'd suddenly be wearing like his old um, army suit and stuff like that mm. and he just started acting really weird if i was like his neighbor i would have called the cops <laughs> on him which he does <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's like it's weird because they kind of touch on it because he's trying to write a novel, isn't he? And this is where it flashes back to Vietnam and when he was kind of in Vietnam. Uh, and they touched on I don't know the syndrome it's called that they get like PTSD. PTSD, yeah. Yeah, which was quite weird because it kind of got a bit serious to what at one point, and then it goes back and it's kind of quite comedic again. Um, but it, it it's kind of weird because let's talk about the first encounter with like the thing in the closet. What did you think about that? I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's weird. Um, isn't it? It's like what was it? it? Was like a monster, a ghost? Um, it was. It, it's it's it actually just... they refer to it as a war demon. Cause a you, war demon. Yeah, if you look at it closely, you can kind of see it when it comes back later. It's kind of all the, um, it's kind of people's faces, and it looks like the guys from the Vietnam War. Ah. See their faces kind of mounted um, into it. I mean, I had a really poor copy to watch it, so it wasn't the best <laughs> to see it. But um, yeah, I was just thought that was a bit batshit. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, it just but jumps out. It's like just scratching. his reactions to it. Yeah, his reactions weren't like that. That's when you realise it wasn't a serious movie because hmm. he was like, um, he didn't like phone the cops and say there's some crazy monster in my <laughs> in my attic. He just started stalking it yeah. and trying to catch it on camera. I love those old school VCRs and everything. He's got set up like cameras and like recorders, and he's there like with his goggles on, like pressing record on every single device. I know, and, he's, and with the rope, and he's got a rope to try and open the thing. What, and he's... What, what the hell was he doing when he just like? Oh, I think he was having a test, and then he just decided to do an army roll down the stairs. No, there was no reason, no reason. to do he that just army ran roll. Ran out to the house. That's why I think he's because that's when I thought it was like, is it cut? like? Are they trying to be funny? Or are they dealing with serious PTSD? PTSD? Like he's seeing things. Like, like you know, is yeah. it like a flashback to the war? Am I supposed to sympathise with him? I wasn't really sure. Yeah. I wasn't really sure at like some stages where I was supposed to sympathise or not. But then some stuff in there happened where... Uh... 
<laughs> so the scene. Um... <laughs> no, I've become rich. You're going to talk about right, so he's the, he's the fish. The, <laughs> well, the fish in a minute, but the scene like he's divorced, so his wife is like, but he's still calling his wife. They're still talking. Yeah, they still got some kind of relationship. Mm. Um, and the neighbor's concerned about him as well, and so she he nicks his diary oh, to yeah, ring and he, her. And I thought he was going to be like some pervy guy yeah. trying to get hold of her because she's an actress, isn't she? Yeah, and I thought he was going to like straight so, away. He was think. really so then that was it wasn't funny. He's really was, concerned. He's like, oh, you should come back because he's really like something's wrong. Well. Yeah, something up. It's like the burbs. It's weird. And I, then, it did remind me yeah, of the burbs. It did a bit. Like burbs. But um, so yeah, it's like we think that she's turned up, and I was like. Because this is where it goes pretty dark. Yeah. And I was like, she turns up. He's and... got a shotgun in his hand. He's just yeah. shot this... This fish has gone batshit. Yeah. That's a, that was dead on the wall. <laughs> and then he answers the door and, and um, it's it's a monster. Mm. And we're it like... Turns into uh, like a kind of crazy kind of prosthetic witch monster. Yeah, but thing, we think it? it's his wife because don't we? Yeah, we, think, yeah. we think it's his wife. Well, he sees it as his wife and then he shoots her with a shotgun. Uh, no, he sees it as a monster. The monster, but we see it as his wife. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of saying, again, is he seeing things? Is he going crazy? Then he shoots her, um, and we're like, is she, and I was oh like, is God, she dead? Is, is that actually her? But it's not. Obviously, it's a bit of a twist, and it's saying that it's the the house. And then there's yeah, over. and then there's like a bit of a, a weird moment where oh, the bad acting from the cops. The man, cops turn, worst yeah, the cops were. turn up, and he's like acting all weird. He's making a cup of tea while. He, He's hid the body in the thing, but and then he's like, "Is it? It's like, is it? Because uh, he because it turns into his wife after, mm. and he's like, oh, this is weird.' And then it's he, when all the cops go, it's not in there anymore. Or was it in there? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. She's she's gone, isn't she? And she, he starts following the thing around the house. Yeah. Um, and then they have a big like fight, don't they? Yeah, and then he, yeah, and it just goes mental from there. And he just chops it up, and it's this weird. He he buries the thing in the back garden. Yeah. But not before the neighbour, the Swedish neighbour, the good-looking Swedish neighbour, <laughs> sort of flirts with him. Sure. Yeah, well, and she he... said, oh, I, I know you like to play. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, thinking this is getting a bit saucy. But he wasn't, he wasn't interested. Well, I think he was, but he was too busy trying to hide this. Trying to fact like, the fact this hand body. was creeping out of the bloody a bag that he was, um, that he was digging. Um, so he buries but, it. But the funniest thing is, is I, lo- I love this next bit, when the doorbell goes... And she turns up and then she's there with her son. And she's like, oh, I know you like to play. So I thought you could look after my son, yes, which it, is the creepiest little kid ever. I'm thinking, why was she flirting? The kid just starts running around the house. Yeah, but sod the house, mate. Those things, that kid was creepier than any of the, the monsters in that house, I thought. I, I've got, I got a couple of notes down here about this bit because yeah. it's really, this disturbed me. Um, so I put, little Robert is a shit <laughs> and how do and how did Roger suddenly become a babysitter? Because yeah. she just hands that kid over. Oh, I trust you. They only met. She was swimming in half naked in his in pool, his pool. <laughs> and then suddenly she's giving him her kid to look after. And yeah. he does a great great job of babysitting, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he manages to just about keep the baby alive after well, the kid alive after those two crazy chimney the ghouls. chimney ghouls like. Try and drag him away. Cre- they're creepy. They like try and drag him up the chimney and he has to run after them. I mean, just about <laughs> saves him, doesn't he? Uh, and then she just comes back and takes the kid and that's all we see of her. Yeah. Right, so they're not... That was pointless. They're not getting together. Fine. So then we're back to 
the the house um is just like going batshit. He's he's basically he hears his son. Well, yeah. I mean, the premise of the story. Yeah. I mean, he they've lost their son. Basically, their son was swimming. He disappears in the swimming pool and he's never been seen again. I mean, I don't know how long this is meant to be between the, yeah, the I, divorce and losing the son because I would imagine they divorced because they lost the son. Uh, but it's a bit. It was a bit weird. I I started thinking whether the son was actually real at one stage. I didn't really know what yeah, if the yeah, son was real. Shot. Yeah. Um. But then he he finds the a picture that indicates that the son's in a in the in the bathroom mirror. That's right. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Of course. So he goes into the bathroom mirror. This is where it goes even crazier. This is and then he just literally gets a big rope, smashes the the mirror. And d- decides to abseil into this. Uh, after this monster tries to grab him through the mirror, that's all right. I'll just go in, put this rope down. I'll go in anyway. But I can see the point. He wants his son back. He thinks his son is definitely down there. And this is where it gets a little bit poltergeisty because it, it just remi- it reminded me of the poltergeist. And this bit reminded me a bit of Evil Dead as well. Uh, because where he goes in and it's that kind of flying kind of zombie pterodactyl thing. Kind of, <laughs> fucking weird. It's pretty bad. Um, that was probably the only bit that I thought looked a bit dated, that little bit. Um, I still liked it, but yeah, I know but what you there, mean. There he is again, isn't he? Back in Vietnam. and Oh yeah, he keeps having these flashbacks. So he's... Well, it's, he's back there, isn't he? And But he can hear, like... And then it flashes back to when his mate in the war... Um, yeah. Kind of got taken by the uh, Vietnamese people because he's half dead and he's like, "Kill me, kill me!" and he doesn't kill his friend. He just lets the the Vietnamese people just take him away, which was a bit like anything. Oh, what's going on here? But he finds his son. That's correct. Somewhere. Yeah. I can't. Remember. I don't know where. Yeah, he, 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 doesn't he find him? And they go back up. They kind of go in the water, but then they come up through the pool. Yeah, and a bit like Poltergeist up. in sort of moments. Yeah, a little bit, the, yeah. Transfer. Yeah, and there's some good nods there, but I was like, how long has this fucking kid been missing? Because he hasn't changed a bit, has he? <laughs> no. And it's like, okay. And then I was kept on thinking, oh, he's not got the kid with him. The kid's going to turn out to be a ghoul or something like that. How the fuck? I mean, the house is just literally fucking with him mm. the whole time. And then uh zombie Vietnam bloke turns up. Oh, enter Big Ben. Enter Big, massive, fucking name. huge Ben. Name, yeah, but i got to be honest, like, the... The effects on him for the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was really good. He looked really cool and quite. I remember because I watched this when I was really young. This is why um, I remember it so much. But for 1985, it ain't the, the aesthetics and stuff ain't bad. He looks really scary. And when I watched it back way back when, he pretty scary. Like just running after him all around the house. That's why he's trying fit, to get away. Yeah, that's why it fits in this really weird pocket because it's like it's sort of funny, but it's got serious issues. And it's sort of like, is it Amundsville? It's not really Amundsville because it's not really like serious, um, enough, com- yeah. serious enough to be like really like to take it serious like a ghost movie. No, no, not so at all. So it's kind of funny. It fits in the. It does doesn't quite a little... fit, but then it doesn't quite fit in the Burbs because it's not no. as humorous. I'd say it's a bit like a little bit like the Burbs, yeah. a little bit Evil Deadish. Yeah, okay. A little bit like, um, kind of just a bit of nod to I. I I don't know what I want to say. It's just taking bits from every film and trying to kind of... But it worked. It. It, I, I liked I li- it. I, I, I li- I, it's got a really, really like, special place because I used to watch it all the time. 
Like and, the, and there's a couple of sequels as well, and I'd watch the sequels. Yeah. I think now I've seen that because I'm guessing that other people must move into the house and oh, yeah. shit happens. I guess, but um, yeah, it just started fucking with him. But you towards the end, I mean, the kid is real. He yeah. definitely rescued Jimmy. Well, this is this is what um, this is what's really strange of it. With most horror movies, you don't really get again, like we touched on earlier, very many happy endings, but. Funny enough, this ha- this finishes with a really happy ending. Yeah. Like his ex-wife pulls up, gets out the car, and he's obviously coming down the steps with his son that's been missing for God knows how long. And it's all happy in the music. It's, it's really happy. The music. We forgot to even talk about the music. How mm. weird is the music? It doesn't quite fit in with the... No, I don't know the, what they think. Some, there wasn't any... They had the usual sort of like back in, you know, strings and that sort of stuff yeah. to set the tension, but... Occasionally, just like going to this weird, it wasn't, it wasn't even good eighties music. Mm. None of the, none of the. It didn't fit in with the no. horror genre, did it? It was like too upbeat and too. It's it really weird. It took me out of it a little bit, but it. It took me completely out of yeah, it when any so they played weird. any any that, that music in there. I just didn't get the point of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, the ending music was weird as well. But um, you know, yeah, happy ending. I was expecting suddenly like a typical eighties horror ending where it'd be a switch and suddenly the kid's face would turn yeah. around it'd be or a ghoul's be a face a little bit of a dodgy thing yeah, yeah. but nothing like that no, so ended. as far as i'm just, i mean i haven't seen the second one but as far as i can tell little jimmy's safe yeah could be could, but could be. wait until i see the second one and find out <laughs> what i thought is interesting is the the director um steve minor he also directed friday Fame part two and oh cool um warlock and a halloween h2o Really? Yeah, yeah. He's quite a, quite a renowned um, director, which is quite interesting. So, mm, he's done quite a lot, hasn't he? So, should we do some Matt's facts? Yeah. Or do we want to rate it first? Should we rate it first? Yeah, go for it. You want me to rate it first? Yeah, you go first, because I've seen it before. I? Okay, well, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a six. Cool. I think it's a, I think it's a good... It's a good, it's good style. I love it. Good eighties, good eighties horror movie. Um, not f- as far up there as some of the other ones that we sort of mm. discussed, but I, f- I would recommend going out and watching this definitely. So, I think yeah. if you had asked me when I was uh, younger, I would have probably said seven or even possibly eight. But I think now rewatching it, still has a massive special part of my heart, and I love all the special effects and everything. But I'd probably agree with you. I reckon I'd go six as well because it's not like absolutely mind-blowing and it doesn't stand up a hundred percent but you know I'll, I'll touch on some of the things yeah come on let's get to some matt's facts <laughs> yeah just a couple of things so it had a budget of three million dollars which is quite a lot i thought That's but quite, then yeah. you think like there's a lot of special effects and there's quite a, a couple of big actors in there the bloke from cheers must have took a, little, a nice little bit of, two million of that. yeah i reckon <laughs> um so yeah um the guy that did the special effects is called James Cumming. Um, he did special effects on Enemy Mine and Cocoon. Oh, fucking Cocoon. Pro- cool. Proper 80s films. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so his next door neighbour, um, Mary Stavin, she was Tanya, his next door neighbour. Yeah. She is a former Miss World. And she was a Bond girl. <laughs> yeah, she was an octopusy. Oh, nice. Um also, I didn't know this. This is, this is something I found out. I didn't know this before, but Kane Hodder was the stunt coordinator on it, which is pretty cool. Um, and also, obviously, he was Jason 
obviously he was in Friday the 13th Part 2 really which is director yeah, that's really as well. cool. um, funny enough um, in House 2 there is another Cheers actor is actually the guy from Stop. Cheers is Stop his Ted other Danson. mate it's, um, no, it's not. It's John Rat- Ratzenberger. Oh, okay, cool. And so that's quite funny because they're friends in Cheers <laughs> and they've both been in House 1 and one of them's been in House 2, which I thought was quite a that's funny really fact. That's really cool. Um, up for the lead, if you can call her lead um, in there, uh, the lady that was lead in it, um, Glenn Close or Sigourney Weaver possibly could have been, were, sorry, were considered for the role. Which I think is not a very big role. No, she wasn't, in, never, it she wasn't in it a lot. It's probably good that they didn't. The war demon that was uh, basically all prosthetics and um, hydraulics. Really? Yeah, the hydraulics in it is like were, were really, really kind of like um, thrashing about and stuff. And they said that literally it could knock easily knock people over and like break skin and stuff. But um, it was so big that it basically was 18 feet long and it took 15 people to move it and electronically and stuff like that. Because um, I watched a bit of the... Ma- there's a making of after it and on the Blu-ray, the Arrow Blu-ray, and it's it's so, so funny because it's obviously shot way back in the 80s and there was obviously adverts between it and they're like, now we're going to take a commercial break and after we're back. And it's really dodgy, but it's really cool. Some of the stuff they talk about in there is awesome. Oh man! Um, I'll lend you the blue, and you can yeah, watch it. Yeah, please. Quite an interesting fact: all the creatures in the movie were made in a deadline that he had three months to do. So he did all the prosthetics, all the creatures, everything within three months, which was cool. Yeah, that's cool. The creepy little kid that comes over the house. Robert. That you, that, yeah, your mate Robert. Um, that was actually the director's son. Okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> Two little nods that I'll finish off with. Don't know if these are actually nods or not. Um, it could be just a, a thing. But uh, if you look at the sign for one of the for sale signs on the house, um, it says um, Craven Realty um, Estate on it. Cool. I did I not know. notice that. Don't but know if that's I had a really ropey copy. So yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if it is. I didn't know that. I, this is stuff I read. Um, I didn't actually know. And the other little one is uh, uh, is Aunt Elizabeth that hangs herself. Yeah. Um, her name is Mrs. Hooper, and a lot of people think that's a nod to Toby Hooper, which is interesting. Just little nods and that. But there you go. That was Matt's facts. Bloody, bloody brilliant. <laughs> he still managed to pull something out of the bag for that movie. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. Okay, so um, that's our movie from the vault. I suppose it's my turn to pick for it next It is week. your turn. And you, I know you're excited for this, well, don't you? you go on, I'm so excited. But um, I've decided to go with uh, John Landis and America Werewolf in oh. London. Yes, now that is a good pick, man. High five for that one, man. Yes. Oh, you thought I was so going to stitch you right there, didn't you? Yeah, I was, I was a bit worried, but no, I'm well excited. This well, is, is going to come out of the bag at some point. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm I thought, well I, I thought we were ready for it. Re- definitely um, ready. And to be honest, we haven't talked about what our main review is as well next week. So sure. I gonna... thought this would be nice to get something quite kind of, not completely chilled. It's I mean, American Wealth was funny. So we're watching, um, our main review next week is going to be The Nun. Directed by Noah. Not next other. week, next episode is going yeah. to be The Nun. So directed by Corin Hardy, our mate. Yeah. Looking so forward to what We've I, been looking forward to watching this. I have been waiting for this for a long, long time. Ever since we saw her in Annabelle. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, No, not Annabelle. She no, was in Conjuring 2. Yeah. The end, like the one that was the Enfield haunting. That's right. It? I really enjoyed that. 
It's a good movie. Yeah. She's scary as fuck. I'm going to have to rewatch it before the nun, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, yes. Right, what have you got? You've got a little bit of, just before we sort of sign off, what have you got to um, tell all the li- our lovely listeners? Oh, um, what about our competition? Competition? We, we, we just thought that like we'd like to give something back uh, to people because they've got involved with loads of stuff. Um, so we're just going to do a little competition on Twitter. Um, we'll probably do it sometime next week. Um, it, we got some free DVDs from Fright Fest, which are really, really nice to give to us. But um, and we think that you deserve to, uh, the listeners, if you're listening or if you're on Twitter, um, uh, fancy having a go and getting these uh, DVDs. We're going to do a little competition. We're going to post a picture of it, competition on our Twitter. All you have to do is retweet it and follow us on Twitter and you get entered into the competition and we'll just pick you at random, pick somebody at random. And you'll win a couple of DVDs. We'll post a picture of. Um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah, we'll we'll post a picture of the DVDs that we're giving away. So before you enter the competition, you can see which ones you're going to get, and you can be excited. Um, so yeah, looking forward for that one to come out. Cool. Um, Excellent. So to do all this stuff, to catch us on social media, um, you can get us on Twitter. Um, Draw one last breath podcast at Draw One Last. And Facebook, just search for us as uh, Draw One Last Breath Podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Draw One Last Breath Podcast, or email at Draw One Last Breath Pod at hotmail.com. Yeah, love to hear from you. Get involved. We'll post another question. Obviously, have a think of uh, a couple of things you'd like for our topic of the week, uh, something to scream about. Yeah, we'd love was... to hear about your favourite horror director because I think that one's a really interesting topic. Yeah, I think we'll get, I think a lot of people might get involved with this one because it's a good subject. It's good, something to get your teeth into. Yeah, but it's been fun. So yeah, without further ado, I'll, uh, when there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. <laughs>